The reason that we're calling this the buddy mix is because Jeffrey and I are both big music buffs. We definitely have like very diverse tastes when it comes to music, but we have constantly been exposing each other to the kind of music that we like. But that's like one of the strongest like things about our friendship is just like the cultural exchange that we participate in with one another. And so we started creating these weekly running playlists for each other, which we call our buddy mixes. And every week we'll add like five new songs to the playlist for each other to check out. And it just gives like a good insight into what we think the other person will like. Some songs that we are currently listening to that like we want to expose the other person to. And it's really just like a fun thing that we like to participate in that also keeps us more connected during these times. Now that you guys are listening to the podcast, we consider you our buddies and we would love to hear what music you guys are listening to. And, you know, we're always taking recs. You know, we both consume a lot of culture and a lot of that has repercussions beyond just like existing in a cultural vacuum from you know, politics to social justice to the way, you know, we both conduct ourselves as like third culture kids, like two people of color coming from different backgrounds, different like sexual orientations and like the way that we position our identities to the world outside and the way we interact with it. And so we just thought we would create a place where all of those ideas can kind of flow freely. It's a lot of fun, I think, to just really think about how you are presenting yourself to the world and how like the world, what's going on in the world acts upon you. So that's why it's like so fun to like discuss it on here with with you and to hear like what feedback you guys have as well um, and to just really analyze what's happening in the world. Honestly, anything goes, anything's on the table, special guests, like whatever we are open to whatever this is going to turn into I feel like in a way this has been good because we really like didn't talk as frequently as we are now before all of this happened so that's been kind of a blessing in disguise in a way (laughs) no honestly that's so true like I was actually talking to a friend from high school who I hadn't spoken to since high school um and she was like doing a class project And she was like, do you feel like you're more comfortable with people and like, I don't know, have been like letting them into like your day to day more? And I was like, yeah, honestly. And like, I brought you up and I was like, yeah, like I have this Maya who like I was friends with, like now we talk every day and we know so much more about each other than we had ever before. I met Maya through a really good friend of ours, Paige. And um, Maya was, you know, they met in school in Canada. Um, where Maya is from, we stand Canadians. I honestly, <laughs> I love Canada so much more than I love this country. Like, sorry. But, <laughs> we do have we do have a lot of gay icons from Canada. Yeah, which uh, reminds me, I I finally listened to Carly Rae Jepsen's uh, B side for yeah. her debut album. So good. So. So, so, so good. Love her. I do think Jeffrey's like, Jeffrey was Canadian in a past life because the amount of Canadian music he likes is far too much for really anyone. (laughs) Yeah, you just, he really likes Canadians. And I think that's a large reason why we became friends. (laughs) 
she was planning on moving to DC for a few months to do an internship and um, was looking for a, a roommate. And sadly, it didn't work out because my roommate was concerned about like visa stuff, which I guess is like valid, but I still would like missed out on getting to live with you. It's almost like we're living together now. <laughs> if we're allowed to air travel to sometime in the near future while your apartment's still empty, I'm booking a one-way ticket to DC and I'm just staying with you for as long as I can. SV is like literally, there's so many couches and beds available, like at least five or six. <laughs> I really don't know why we have that much furniture in this apartment. It's not even that big. <laughs> Despite not being able to live together, we did hang out a lot when I was in D.C. We've had a lot of adventures together. I think one of my favorites was when we somehow finessed our way into a Jennifer Lopez concert for free. That was a great night. That was so random. The whole summer, that was a hot girl summer to D.T. It really really was summer 2019 Megan said it was gonna be hot girl summer and it was indeed hot girl summer I think one of my favorite moments from that summer was we were all supposed to get together um to go out and I took a nap which then turned into like a full slumber <laughs> and I woke up at 11 30 and I was like oh my god they're all there and like I have all these texts being like where are you so I literally left in like my pajamas it's true Jeffrey showed up to the club in a cutoff Patrick the Star shirt. The bouncer also asked him if he was old enough to remember SpongeBob. So I sleep over that night. You did, yeah. <laughs> that was so fun. Oh, you also have like the like the best stocked bathroom. So much Shea Moisture for days. I lived. That's why <laughs> are always popping. <laughs> Honestly, if if Jeffrey and I ever moved in together, the bathroom would basically be like a mini Shea Moisture dispensary. <laughs> Smell cocoa and Shea Butter right now. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, this is not sponsored, by the way. We both just really love Shea Moisture and are also too poor to afford anything else. <laughs> hey, Shea Moisture, if you want to throw some free products or coins this way. <laughs> What what are three words we would use to describe the other person? You get shit done. Like, you, there's a lot of things that you juggle, but I feel like you, like, do it all really well. And, like, whenever, like, someone, like, throws something your way, you're like, yep, like, I got it. I got a handle on it. Brilliant. In all the ways. Like, I think you're such a smart person. You're so articulate. And always have like a really interesting point of view to like offer to anything from politics to pop culture. Um, I'm just super kind. Like I think you are such a kind, sweet, genuine friend. And I'm so happy that we have been getting closer throughout this quarantine. Aww. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> that was so nice. Okay, um, let's see. Three words I would use to describe you. Well, one, is definitely creative. Like Jeffrey is probably one of the most like well-versed people in terms of like anything pop culture, current events, like anything of that sort. I'm always constantly impressed by how much knowledge he brings to the table in that aspect, but he's also so good at taking that knowledge and using it in a practical setting. Like whatever you're doing, you always like never fail to impress me in terms of all of the different ways you're able to express yourself creatively. So that's one. <laughs> the second would be like 
effervescent I think (laughs) if you've ever met Jeffrey you know that he's such a little like baby angel like he's always just smiling and like biking around the city (laughs) such a little like ray of sunshine wherever he goes um just like a very sweet person and always has a very positive energy like no matter what situation he's in he's gonna be smiling and laughing and and the third would just be like compassionate you know you're always he's a great friend he's always there for his friends like just very good at expressing his thoughts feelings and opinions and giving people around him space to do the same as well so those are my three for you cancer is gonna jump out (laughs) (laughs) yeah also jeffrey if jeffrey starts getting emotional at any point it's because he's a cancer and i always give him such a hard time about it He's a Sag. (laughs) Which is why I always give him such a hard time about it. (laughs) Well, actually, so Jeffrey and I, one of the things that we've both been doing during quarantine to keep us occupied is making playlists. Lots and lots of playlists. And at first we started doing our best of each decade playlist. But then Jeffrey, just being like the pop culture aficionado that he is decided to branch out and make one for every year from 2010 to 2020 and I I wanted to see what was on his playlist but they weren't complete when I went to go look and I think it was the the 2011 playlist had two songs had two songs on it one was Love on Top by Beyonce and the other was Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. And I saw that and I kid you not, I was laughing for like five minutes and I told Jeffrey, I was like, I don't know why, but this is so funny to me. Just imagine listening to those two songs on rotation. Like that's really all you need. Like <laughs> Yeah, any and anything you're going through in life and any relationship, you're either gonna be Love on Top or Set Fire to the Rain. There's no in between. <laughs> I miss the days when you could add like a random skills to people's LinkedIn's like I had a friend once who endorsed my other friend for downhill skiing he's never skied in his life but it was just something she added to his profile because she thought it would be funny sadly you can't do that kind of stuff anymore it'd be such a great way to because I feel like for job interviews and whatnot like Everybody has, you know, like their usual skills that they bring to the table, but it's those little like hobbies that you have or those random things that you do that could like literally get you the job because the other person on the other end also does it. Exactly. Like think about how many more professional connections you could make if you had that Janet Jackson video (laughs) shared on your LinkedIn. Damn it. TikTok. Yeah, the copyright protections on that are a little intense, but... We should riot, listeners, riot against copyright laws. <laughs> With all the other things going on in terms of rioting right now, here's one more thing that you can add to that list. You heard it here first. How are, how are you feeling, like, first and foremost? Just I feel like we should check in with each other about that. Yeah, I mean, I I feel half of me feels the same way that I've always felt after I I hear about another black person or person of color getting gunned down, which is kind of defeated and apathetic. And like, you know, we've been talking about this, you know, at least from my, from my like 
knowledge and frame of reference since I was in high school and nothing has changed. Um, so that's just a, a constant whenever these things happen. But the other half of me feels a little bit more optimistic because I feel like the reaction um, to George Floyd's death has been a lot more, I don't know, like across the board, across the nation, a lot more people are talking about it, I think. Um, more activists, more celebrities, more public officials are, are you know, calling for action and calling for the officers' arrests, calling for um, the system to change. And I just truly don't think the reaction had been so, so, so large like this in a long time. I think part of it, too, is because of the way that George Floyd died. Um, I think there's just a really visceral reaction that people have to, to, to the video and to seeing, you know, the way in which he he literally was new to the to the ground for so long. The fact that the reaction now has been so so much more so large and so visceral, it kind of makes me feel like where were you guys before? Mixed feelings. That's where I find myself. How about you? You know, we hear about these things, it seems like almost every day, and there's been kind of this desensitization to the death of black people in our communities. Uh, that's something too with like the video being so widely circulated on social media that I did want to talk about. Um, I was listening to What a Day yesterday, um, which is a podcast on crooked media, and Akilah Hughes, who's one of the hosts, uh, was talking about the fact that this video has made its rounds on social media. And it's a, it's a traumatizing video to watch and just to think about the way that videos like this are being widely and have been widely shared in the past uh, and how it's desensitized us to the way we view these kinds of deaths, uh, I think is really unfortunate. And a lot of people have been like, oh, well, I'm sharing these photos or videos because I wanna raise awareness. And I don't know, awareness to me isn't the problem. Awareness shouldn't even be an issue at this point. It's how do we get from awareness to taking action or getting justice for what happened? At this point, if you're not aware that this is an issue, like, I'm sorry, what what rock have you been living under, you know? So I think, too, like, there's something to be said about the way that we recirculate, like, trauma and these these events to the detriment of, like, people in our communities raising those those questions about like what do we do next um i think is like the the mindset that we do need to have um because yeah like i've seen so many people sharing the video and sharing you know like little instagram pictures on their story and whatnot and it's like a lot of those people are people who like i don't necessarily like see like ever going out to any protest or you know doing anything besides that sort of base level of awareness that you're talking about. Um, which is why I feel like this, uh, you know, the reaction, you know, this week has been a little bit more inspiring to me because, you know, like the, the riots that I've seen um, coming out of um, Minneapolis, especially like the video that's going around and the story that's going around of the target that got looted. I'm like, this is low key kind of the stuff that I've been wanting to see a little bit more mm -hmm. of. You know, right now things are kind of hectic and chaotic and I think people are kind of scrambling to see like where to channel all of, all of the energy next. Um, but I, I think honestly, the fact that we are also in quarantine and that people have, you know, 
video calls and Zoom to their disposal to, to really talk to people who are across the nation or across the world is going to be helpful perhaps in how we organize next. Um, and I think can possibly lead to like really fruitful conversations and, and actions because of those conversations about what to do next. Yeah, I totally agree. I think like in terms of thinking about tangible steps that we can do to support each other and support our communities, like, you know, check in with your friends, see how they're doing. Like this is a very hard time and it usually is a very hard time for communities that have been affected by this kind of violence, especially at the hands of law enforcement or at, at the hands of the state. So that's really important to, I think, think about ways that you can support families that have been impacted by this kind of violence. You can support protesters in Minneapolis right now. There's a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of really good work on the ground. Um, Color of Change is one. Uh, there's a GoFundMe for George Floyd's family that's been set up that you can donate to. There's a couple other local Minnesota-based organizations that are also doing a lot of good work. One thing I do want to say is I've seen a lot of people sharing um, things about <laughs> Sean King. <laughs> Take the time to do your research about which activists you're supporting and why, because Sean King, yes, he might be the first point of reference for a lot of people when it comes to racial issues, but he's also been known to like defraud and profit off of a lot of these traumatizing experiences in Black communities. So that's super important. And also just educate yourself on ways that you can be more anti-racist in your own lives. There's a lot of really good resources out there, books, movies, like log into Netflix and watch 13th. Like if you have an hour or two in your spare time, which we all do these days because we're in quarantine, don't expect your black friends or your friends of color to be the ones providing those resources. It's up to you to, to put in the work and to show that you actually want to take the time and effort to support these communities. Yeah, I saw, um, you know, you post a lot of those links um, on your Instagram story. And yeah, definitely go check those out, guys. Um, and I'm going to go back through some of my archives and see what things I can pull up to share in mine as well. I think a lot of people right now in the middle of quarantine have really sort of resorted to, to media that is escapist and that, you know, helps them get out of the quarantine mindset, which is really, it's really hard on everybody. Um, but I think right now, you know, is a great time, like you said, to kind of tune back into the reality of what is happening to a lot of people um, and hasn't happening to the Black community for such a long time. As a person of color or as a Black person, you don't have the ability to just, you know, take off, uh, you know, your, your skin color and at the end of the day and just, you know, go, go about gallivanting as a white person, you know, like you truly live in that skin and in that body every single day and really dark shit happens um, when you're a person of color every single day. If you want to be a true ally, now is the time to really tune into what's happening in the news, really tune into a lot of that education um, material and resources uh, that, you know, will allow you to learn what's happening and not just what's happening, but, you know, what 
actionable items you can take. In any institution we interact with, like even in the midst of the pandemic itself, people of color are being disproportionately affected. Like the Atlantic has some really great articles about how especially black people in the United States have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic in ways that white people haven't. And so when you're taking the time to like understand the world around you through this kind of anti-racist lens. It's not, it's not escapable. Like you said, being a person of color and being ingrained in those experiences is one thing, but as someone who might not be directly impacted by a lot of this institutional systemic racism, like it's still around you. So it's, it's worth taking the time and putting in the effort to learn more about it and figure it out. Jeffrey, um, pop music is definitely having <laughs> a lot of moments right now. And <laughs> as as the resident expert out of all my friends, at least, on pop culture, I want to know your thoughts, especially about what's been happening with Lana and Doja and, and everything. Yeah, there's definitely been a bit of a race war happening in music this past week as well. Unless you've been living like under a rock, I'm sure most of you are caught up. So Lana Del Rey, about a week ago, posted a essay of sorts on her social media channels um, saying that she feels like as a like soft woman. <laughs> a delicate woman. <laughs> um, in her music typically talks about, you know, how she's been abused. She feels like her point of view isn't valued as much as perhaps other women who talk about sex and, and and stripping and whatnot. And then like in the exact same essay, she like persisted to name a, primarily a lot of women of color, Doja, Beyonce, <laughs> Nikki, Kalani. And then she also like threw in Camila Cabello and Ariana. <laughs> I guess she might've just like gotten confused and was like, oh, I guess like these are also like women of color. And Ariana was like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> and it's just it just came really out of left field because <laughs> Lana Del Rey you know maybe early on in her career was very heavily criticized but if anything I feel like in the last year she has gotten a bunch of acclaim her album was album of the year nominated at the Grammys and it was like the the, the highest ranked album last year out of all the critic scores so She's been getting all this praise, and so that's why I was like, why now? Like, I don't feel like your your point of view has in any way been lessened or, or diminished. And the fact that she threw in those names of artists who are primarily of color, also in the wake of, you know, like the Say So like remix going to number one and Savage going to number one, all of these women that she named have, have done really well in the last month. And so that's why it just seems like she just was bothered by the news that all these Black women were doing so well and thought she had to insert herself. A lot of the Lana stands rushing to her defense about the fact that, you know, she she's not being racist, didn't mean to turn it into a race thing by calling out all of these women who just coincidentally happen to be women of color or people who think they are women of color. And first of all, it's very coded language that she's used, like this idea of being like a delicate feminine woman 
those stereotypes have actively worked against women of color. And then after she saw all of the flack that she was getting online, she proceeded to double down on what she said. Um, She's apparently confused because she didn't know that third wave feminism is already a thing, uh, which makes sense because her entire brand is about being a mid-century housewife. It's the fact that, you know, her name's Lizzie Grant, but she calls herself Lana Del Rey because she thinks it sounds more exotic. And the double standard of her being like, oh, you know, my music isn't appreciated the way that these artists are, as if she's the first person to ever, <laughs> ever write about the kinds of topics that she's singing about. Like, sure, she's, you know, a talented songwriter, but so many women have been writing, and men, like, so many artists in general have been writing about the kinds of subject matter that she sings about for ages. Like, she didn't invent this specific <laughs> genre or this specific perspective she's just repackaged it for a millennial audience and to claim that like she is being oppressed in some way (laughs) by all of the chart success of these other women like there was really no reason to name any of them she could have made the same point that she was trying to make despite it probably being not a good point, but she could have still made it without dragging any other person's name through the mud. Her doubling down was really surprising to me. Um, (laughs) But I guess given the initial statement kind of makes sense, made sense because she just kind of has a bit of a victim complex um, from like what she was saying in in that first uh, like post. And then like her second and third could be fourth at this point. I don't even know how many responses there have been. <laughs> have all been a little like, oh, like, woe is me. Like, I'm being attacked. Um, like, I don't know why you guys are attacking me so much. You clearly don't understand me or my point of view. Um, and yeah, it was just, I, I just, I was very shook by that. Um, and yeah, like, to your point that she kind of wants to be seen as this, like, originator of the kind of topics that she's talking about. That is so true. Like I saw that back when her when Norman fucking Rockwell dropped, someone someone compared her to Joni Mitchell, and mm-hmm. she's very upset with that comparison. And I was like, that's a great comparison in my opinion to have. But I guess, and also like the other problem that I have too with with what was going on is that it's not like any of the women she mentioned haven't been scrutinized. Like if anything, they've probably been scrutinized more than she has in her career. Like we constantly, we constantly see um, men in particular criticizing, you know, Nicki Minaj for const- for like only, t- you know, saying that she only talks about sex and that she only, you know, that she's watering down what rap is and making it too sexual. Or, um, you know, Beyonce can't release an album or can't, you know, make a political statement without people going up in arms. Like, Ariana was blamed for her ex-boyfriend's death. Like, like a ton of those artists were heavily, heavily scrutinized. Um, and a lot of what they were scrutinized for was put into their work and they were still scrutinized for it. So her, her whole take, I was just like, pass. Like, I don't understand what point you're trying to make here. The other thing that was so surprising about her doubling down on her statements was like, why was she so surprised that people were coming after her for saying those things when she went after two of the most 
like vicious fandoms on the internet like how do you how do you go after Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and not expect the beehive and the barbs to come at you like there is no like you clearly have no idea what's going on anywhere if you made a statement about these two artists and didn't expect the backlash from their fandom to be so severe Actually, I actually saw this tweet that made me laugh from one of her fans who was like, <laughs> Lana, we are like a small fan base and are depressed. We cannot take on the barbs or the beehive. <laughs> now, one of the other ladies mentioned in the post, Miss Doja Cat, has also stepped into some hot water. What's, what's, your, what's your take on what's going on with her? Essentially, it has come out that Doja Cat has been engaging with a lot of right-wing incel-type communities on the interwebs um, as recently as, like, the last couple weeks, you know, despite the level of success and fame she's achieved. Um, And I think a lot of people have started linking that to her history of this kind of, like, anti-Black sentiment, uh, including making a song about the death of Sandra Bland in a way that made fun of it. I mean, her whole album being produced by Dr. Luke, that's another thing. I mean, yeah, I listened to her music. Um, At least I did. Like, it was catchy. She put out some good bops. Like, will I necessarily be sad to not listen to her music again or to support her in that way? I don't know. Like, for me, I never really saw the perspective that she added to the music industry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep listening to her music. I think she needs to take a break. I think, honestly, what all of these celebrities need to do is use use this time to get better PR teams, stop running their mouth on the internet, like just 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 check out for a bit. Just take just take a break. Just take a week. Take a minute, like, <laughs> just get your brand together, <laughs> come back, and just start expecting better from yourselves. I don't know. Like, it's a weird situation, and I don't want to think about it more than it deserves to be thought about. <laughs> Certainly. Although I will say that I do not find Doja Cat's perspective on farm life and being a cow on me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, old McDonald is shook. <laughs> but no, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, you know, she she definitely does have some catchy hits um, dating back to before even, like, Hot Pink became, like, her big breakthrough um, moment. You know, any any anybody else with that same amount of talent could honestly be, like, put on those same songs and the song would still be catchy. And it's a shame that so much of that music was produced by Dr. Luke, like he said. Like, I really loved Say So, and then I found out that he produced it, and I was like, fuck, like, I don't think I can listen to this song anymore. You know, when you're an artist and you're, like, kind of under a record label's control, like, how much say do you really even get in terms of who's producing your music? And, like, I think it's easy for me to say like, oh, I would totally like take a stand and be like, no, I don't want to work with this man. Like, I don't care if it like maybe affects my career, but like, I'm just an outsider. Like, that's what I would do. But who knows, like if you're in that situation and you have a contract to like fulfill what actually happens, but 
definitely put a sour taste in my mouth about like her music and and I don't know I think we've we've kind of given her a lot of passes too like she was caught saying the f word the gay f word like a lot um you know a couple of years back as well and we gave her a pass for that and now this is just like this is like a final straw for me I'm kind of like I don't, I don't know if I want to put my hand in the flame for you for this. There's a lot of internet discussion about cancel culture in general, like what it looks like, does it work, should people be canceled so easily? And I think that's what this discussion kind of lends itself to is one, like a lot of people are like, oh, everyone's getting canceled left, right and center. I think for one thing, if you look at, you know, who's been canceled and what effect it's had on their career for a large portion of people that have fallen quote unquote victim to cancel culture it's been men who have engaged in really like shitty behavior promoting violence against women and for the most part their careers haven't really suffered all that much cancel culture isn't like this epidemic that is just like slaying careers left, right, and center and needs to be stopped. So that's one thing. I acknowledge that like inherent in our our being human is making mistakes, but like being able to grow and learn from them. And obviously there is a certain amount of considerations that you have to make when someone does make a mistake, how they handle that and what they're able to show through their words and actions about how they want to educate themselves to, you know, learn some things, unlearn others, and ultimately move beyond that mistake to a better place. And especially as a celebrity to be a better influence on their fans. She can show that she's remorseful and try and make up for her actions, which her initial apology, in my opinion, hasn't quite done. Um, but in the meantime, it, it's not like I'm going to miss her contribution to the music industry while she does do the important work that needs to be done. Honestly, not to like draw comparisons, but I almost think of like Iggy Azalea, like who I, I think a lot of people collectively kind of canceled in 20, like 14, 15, but like she's still around and has like a really <laughs> solid like fan base. Still I just, I just want to know, I just want to talk whoever is out there. like I don't know who in the year 2020 in this economy is like Iggy Azalea is my hell to die on I don't know we'll have to I'll have to like go into her like mentions and see maybe we can bring them on the podcast a, a lot of cancel culture um like you said like it's kind of fleeting like we as a collective will like quote-unquote cancel somebody for for like a scandal that they're in, but like, you know, they like, so long as they can make a like a record label money and still have fans, like they'll still, they'll be fine. They'll be doing okay. Um, and I definitely also agree that like men really suffer nothing from it. Like, I mean, this happened like before Twitter was around, but like the fact that R. Kelly was like a known like predator Mm-hmm. to Aaliyah when she was 15 and like still we allowed him to have a career for like two more decades after that is beyond me even in this day and age people are still trying to get like Takashi 69 up on those charts really the only person I've seen or the only organization I've seen canceling him is no kid hungry it's just mind-boggling to me that so many of the people who I see supporting him are individuals who I thought were like 
aware and I thought were like in tune with what we all what we all had kind of agreed upon were principles that you should and values that you should have if you don't want if you want to be anti-racist anti-homophobic anti-sexist like family and friends who I really thought like okay like we're on the same page about this nope nope that's the hill they're dying on and you know what I'm welcome to die there <laughs> yeah like what what kind of message are you sending to people when you continue to listen to music that he makes not only are you saying that you don't care about someone who's a child predator being like an influence in the music industry you're also saying you like really shitty rap and you're saying that you support snitches like think about the message that's sending to people in your community i think it's just nose all around for him agreed so what other activities have you been doing in quarantine um i've been trying to get really back into reading that's something I've been doing a lot of. My goal is to read five books a month. Um, so far this month, I've read six. Well, I've read five. I'm on my sixth. Uh, so the book I'm currently reading is called The Prize by Dale Rusikoff. Uh, she was an education reporter at the Washington Post. And this book is all about in um, the early 2010s, the whole scandal with like, Chris Christie and Cory Booker trying to revamp the New Jersey and the Newark education system uh, and Mark Zuckerberg being this young entrepreneur looking for ways to spend his billions of dollars uh, investing a hundred million dollars into the Newark school system which at the time was obviously a very big deal but the whole way it played out was kind of not great so the book is is all about the drama <laughs> that occurred in the midst of all that. So that's what I've been doing recently is reading, making playlists, going on TikTok a lot, which is not good, but you do learn a lot of good life hacks on there. I have to say okay. the kids are quite creative. So I appreciate that. How about you? Yeah, no, honestly, the TikTok hacks, so true. Like I literally saw this, um, it was four videos about uh, hacking your iPhone that like you probably didn't know. And there were so many cool hacks for your camera and like how to take pictures. Like there was this one feature that was, you can basically take like a magnifying lens and within the picture zoom in on a certain part of the picture. And I was like, this is change. This is a game changer. <laughs> um, Cause I love taking pictures. It's been one of my activities. I've just been like, <laughs> like I've been getting dressed and I'm like, well, nobody's seeing these outfits cause there's nowhere to go. So I'm just like, let me like go to the park or bike 20 miles to this waterfall and take the pictures. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey last week went on a bike ride to Great Falls and was telling me all about how he wanted to take all these pictures but as he was taking pictures his phone battery died so he of course didn't have any like music or anything to listen to on the ride back and so my first question was oh like it must be so nice there were you taking pictures of the view only for him to admit that he was the view and <laughs> the photos that he was taking were of himself but we have to stand <laughs> Um, so yes, I've been like basically doing a lot of bike riding, um, and although I like injured my knees, like my knees are so sore from all the bike riding because I have not like ridden that far out before. 
um, a lot of like dancing too. Like I've been trying to choreograph some stuff for when I do drag and we're, we're out of quarantine. And I'm sure my neighbors are getting a lovely show because my window faces a courtyard and I like getting the sunlight so I keep the windows open. Um, also cooking a lot more because I literally have never cooked before in my life for the most part besides like eggs. Um, so just learning how to like implement a lot more like veggies into my meals. And I think that's mostly been it. I think honestly, like I know that like shit is really bad with quarantine and with COVID right now, but I've been trying to look like find a silver lining. And I think just all of this free time because I got furloughed, woohoo. Um, all of this free time has just, you know, it's free time that you're never going to get ever again, probably in your life. Mm-hmm. So, like, let me just take all of it and try new hobbies and new activities that I haven't I think if anything, I'm going to appreciate life outside of quarantine a lot more because of this. Like, I love canceling plans, but I realize that it's only fun when you actually have plans to cancel. Um, I've also, for whatever reason, have been <laughs> trying to run a 10K. Because um, I've, I've always hated running. I've always hated running. I was a competitive swimmer for most of my childhood. And then when I transitioned to land sports, it was like, rugby so not not stuff that involved a lot of like coordinated land-based cardio and I mean I still don't like it but I'm very stubborn in the sense that if I set a goal for myself I'm gonna follow through so we'll see what happens with that whole adventure I still have no idea why I decided to do it but here we are like I'm (laughs) almost a month in and haven't given up yet so I love it. You love a challenge, and I know you're going to crush it. So keep at it. Honestly, you all need a friend like Jeffrey. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I did take a couple online courses. I think the most interesting one that I took was this psychology and Buddhism class, which is basically looking at like modern psychology and Buddhism, and looking at like where they overlap and where, like what they agree upon. Um, and it was, it was so 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 cool like I've just always I don't know I've always been a very a very reflective person um like I'm really big on self-improvement and on you know journaling and just like really like seeing where you're at and where you can be so um just you know taking both Buddhism and psychology and seeing what they have to say about you know your mind and how to transform your mind and your body like was really really just life-changing and I've been implementing a lot of those uh values and principles that I learned from the class into my like daily routine so Jeffrey's been improving himself and I've been living in denial so (laughs) there's two sort of ways to go about that um choose your own adventure how much longer do you think this is gonna go on quarantine yeah well Here's the thing. I guess there's like de facto quarantine and the jurist quarantine. Like people are still going around without their face masks, not respecting the six feet apart rule, like having full on picnics. And I'm like, that is the worst idea. You should not be having food around other people who you don't know where they've been spitting all up in your food and you putting that in your mouth. Like, no, that is not the tea. (laughs) yeah that's facts even in Toronto it's been not great and I feel like this is 
going to get us into this vicious cycle of quarantine lasting way longer than it needs to because people are going to not see numbers go down and then be like, oh, social distancing obviously doesn't work. Why are we doing it? And then just continue to like not practice any of the best practices that we've implemented. And we're just going to be in this whole thing longer because of it. No, but DC is now starting phase one of reopening. Um, so just today or yesterday, our mayor announced that starting on Monday, things will be, we're entering phase one. So basically like outdoor seating at restaurants can happen again. And I think like, like places of worship can have like 10 people come in and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. I really just do not think it's the time for any, anything to reopen at all. Like, even though I desperately want a haircut and need it, like, I think it can wait. And I think people eating outside can wait. I think people, you know, going to their houses of worship can wait. Like, I think we need to truly remember, like, how dangerous this all is. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the mandate, too, is despite all of these things opening, it doesn't mean you have to participate. Like, I think that we should just continue living our lives as if we're still in a state of emergency and really only go out when you need the essentials. So basically, I think we're still in a state of emergency technically until June. And then at that point, they're going to reevaluate. Um, right now, like grocery stores, all of those continue to remain open. Restaurants are available for delivery and curbside pickup. And any like street side vendors, so not businesses that are in a mall, uh, but just on the road are also doing curbside pickup for the time being. So that's what's been open so far. No like restaurants, public places of worship or anything like that yet, which I think is a good move. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. Apparently the Canadian American border is also supposed to reopen on the 21st of June. So <laughs> we'll see what happens then. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of now, I'm still just taking it day by day, which is I think really the best you can do under the circumstances. I miss living and I'm tired of hearing about how we live in unprecedented times. I saw some some entire article about someone who, where they were like, I've lost my entire 20s because of quarantine. And I was like, come on, child. Like, that, 22 months, relax. Yeah, oh, I know. I, I really oscillate between like, you know, complaining about everything that we've had to go through these past couple months and remembering that despite all of my complaints so many people across the world have it so much worse if the primary like public health mandate in these circumstances is to stay at home and shelter in place like how are you supposed to do that when you have no home like or you live in an informal settlement or you don't have access to proper running water and sanitation like what does life under these public health restrictions look like for you in those circumstances as as much as it sucks, I am very fortunate to be in the position where I can isolate without having to worry about any of those things. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of like um, criticism, fairly, of like celebrities who are like, stay at home, like it's so easy. And it's like, well, yeah, you live in a mansion. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, I guess you always have to think about your own circumstance too relative to other people's. Like, like honestly, it's a lot easier for us as well compared to like a lot of the 
the groups of people that you mentioned because we have like you know running water and sanitation and like apartments and houses as small as they might be yeah it's yeah, definitely a good time for for all of us <laughs> for all of the celebrities stepping in it on social media all of us just in general in our daily lives to so just take a beat and you know reflect on the bigger picture what are your two songs that you want to add to this week's edition all right so the songs i'm going to add are i think i'm going so i'm going to add summer love from carly ray jepson's dedicated side b i just think um you know as we're entering summer it's like the perfect song to have on there i think uh, the whole the whole album and like a lot of her music is usually pretty summery, but this song in particular is kind of like I think the centerpiece for the album, and also it's very like 70s. I love her B side and the original album that it's supposed to be a B side to, but I was hoping for the music to be a lot more 70s oriented because that's what she kind of had teased and then never fully like got there. But I think the song does. And then the other song I want to add is. I think to nobody who knows me, surprise is rain on me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am I am shook to my core, Jeffrey. <laughs> I've been singing that song nonstop, as have all the other gays. And I'm literally, it's supposed to be like a rainy weekend in DC. So I'm waiting for the rain to like pick back up again so I can go outside and do my own little like TikTok like everybody has been doing, Love in the Rain. <laughs> okay, you might. You might kill me for this. I have not listened to the whole song yet. (laughs) Or watched the video. (laughs) You know what? That's fair. I feel like it's a grower. I do have a Lady Gaga song for the buddy mix, but it's not Rain On Me. Uh, So she's going to have two entries this week, which exciting for her. It seems like a bop. Like, you know, there's nothing nothing wrong with a good summer bop, for sure. Um, But yeah, I... (laughs) I just, for, for whatever reason, haven't taken the time to listen to the entire song. Perfect. It'll be on the playlist. <laughs> First of all, I binge-watched this entire documentary series on Netflix called The Evolution of Hip Hop. Uh, it's actually a Canadian series. Uh, so the guy that hosts it is this artist named Shad. He's Canadian. Uh, he's a rapper and like a music journalist and, and does a lot of really good like political kind of work uh in Canada and so he in this documentary series so far there have been four seasons and he traces the history of hip-hop from its origins in like the early 70s like New York basements to where it's evolved to today and so through like watching that series I have gotten really into like (laughs) late 80s early 90s hip-hop and in particular Uh, a tribe called Quest. And so my one, my first pick for this week is the song Bonita Applebaum from the 1990 album People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. I really like Bonita Applebaum because I think it's a great summer song. It has that kind of like hazy, lazy summer day vibe that I really like. And a big thing I like about Tribe Called Quest is their samples and they're kind of like 
more like jazzy laid back take on rap and just like hip-hop in general second like I said is another Lady Gaga song I think is (laughs) the perfect summer song and I think one of the better but more underlooked song she's ever done it's off of her first album the fame and it's called summer boy uh it's such a bop if you haven't listened to it already but it just it encapsulates like a perfect like 2000s summer vibe for me it's it's lady gaga pre fame monster before i think her music got a lot more darker and more complex in those themes it's just one of those songs that you don't really have to think about much and you can just vibe to and again I think it also sets a really good tone for the rest of the summer so that's what I'm adding to the playlist I love that song because you're right that album was like it's the title of the album has always been interesting to me because it's like wow like you called it like you you really achieved the fame but, like, obviously, she dropped it before she actually became such a huge mega star. Mm. And it's, like, Gaga before she became this, like, very, um, like, after that album, all of her songs and albums have always had a very particular, like, point of view. And, like, it's, like, this is art. Like, like you know, she always wants her music to be art. But, like, that song and, like, that album is just very fun, like, very, like, a very easy listen. And that song in particular is really fun. Yeah, I think what I do really like about that album too, honestly, that's one of my like no skip albums. And I I agree exactly with what you said is that in a lot of her later work, because I think she had more credibility as an artist, she was able to expose us to some of these more distinctive POVs that she had when she was making her work. But I think that album is a really good exercise in just like pure pop, but still kind of like pushing the boundaries of what's within that genre so i really like it for those reasons all right so thanks for tuning in everyone stay safe and healthy and we'll see you next week